T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Grody time, and that means it's time for Mark Grody with Mully and Haw. Bears. On 670 The Score. Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. He is a beloved figure around here. He is Mark Brody. And uh, and he joins us now, as all guests do, on the uh, Circa Resort and Casino Hotline in Las Vegas. Circa Resort and Casino, home of the world's largest sports book. Mark, how are you, bud? I am doing well. How are you guys on a Monday morning? We're okay. Brody. Yeah, we're struggling yeah. through some of the stories. We're being accused of being grumpy today, but we're doing yeah, all right. We're yeah, we're grumpy. Yeah, yeah. I think there there is reason to be grumpy about some of the headlines. That's for sure. That's I the problem. It. It's yes, not all the headlines, but it's some of them, and uh, and it bothers some. But let me ask you, what did you learn from the combine, just in terms of the Bears' plans? We know that the combine began with. The incredible story with Jalen Carter and his status, and then he came back to the combine. Did he sit down with the Bears? Have the Bears reached a conclusion about, uh, well, first of all, Jalen Carter, darts or putt putt? <laughs> I'd go putt putt. It just it. I would think that he needs to do something that is completely innocent and innocuous at this point. Nothing with sharp edges. You know, j- just play it cool. So I'm gonna go putt putt for him. I would say, guys, I I would bet. Yeah, I would say that he did. I I would wouldn't as long as he was available and he was meeting with teams. There's no reason the Bears should not have met with him. I mean, even if they have in their heads ruled him out as a possibility if the Bears were to keep the first pick in the draft or if they have a top five pick, I think that you still have to do your due diligence. You get to have you get to spend time with the guy and find out what his side of the story was. And if it doesn't check out, if it confirms what they were already thinking, then they say, yeah, maybe we'll see you down the road uh, in the first round if we're lucky in some capacity. But, yeah, I think you, I don't, there's nothing wrong with meeting with the guy, finding out what's up, but I still will stay strong with that he's he's not going to the Bears. I mean, I just I don't think that that the Bears can afford to take that kind of a chance on a guy who I think is obviously really good, but he's not one of these generational projected talents. I mean, he looks like he's, he could end up being great. Who knows? But it's not this irresistible, once-in-a-lifetime generational talent that we're talking about here. I think he could be a great NFL player, Grody. I think Jalen Carter does have a lot of the traits that you're looking for, and and I would I would say that there are – suggestions that he could be a perennial Pro Bowl player. 
But I also agree with you that it seems to me like it would be inconsistent with the Bears' rhetoric to have a result being they're going to draft him with their first pick if he's if they're in the top five still. Uh, I, I'm curious what you you know you you know everything about Ryan Poles and the way that he approaches things. It is only a second draft, but we know the organization. Do you think other organizations share that kind of reluctance, or have you heard? When you were down there, that there were teams that were like, well, you know what, this could be something legally that's going to go away and we'll be able to make the pick that we want and he's going to be a great player for us. I would say, Ha, there was not one person that I, I talked to of influence there that said that, oh, yeah, everything's going to be cool. This will go away. It's going Everybody said that, oh, yeah, this is going to cause him to drop. Now, that's in the heat of the moment. That is within the weekend. When I'm in, when I'm there in Indianapolis and having a chance to talk to all of these people, they're all shaking. And some on record. I mean, most of the couple on record. I mean, I, I you know talking to some people from the NFL Network, Ian Rappaport, saying it's straight up. Like this, it's probably going to drop out of the top five. So I don't think there's any way that he is going to survive in terms of the the really elite picks but he's going to get picked i mean he's going to get picked somewhere in the first round still i i believe this i don't think there's going to be something where you know they're going to be zeroing in on him on draft day and it's going to be the third round and he'd be like oh but he still hasn't been drafted there there's jalen carter sweating over there so you know for better or for worse i do think he's still going to go in the in the first round yeah um i'm i'm curious when you watch the quarterbacks in particular we talked about this idea going in that there would be people that would there would be players who would either emerge because of their workouts or rise because teams need them is there any clarity uh yet on who is the best quarterback i i keep hearing from people that cj stroud is moving up the board and could be the first pick in the draft C.J. Stroud, Molly, had a really good weekend. He had a good weekend uh, during his interview with us, the media at large. C.J. Stroud ended up having a, a good workout. I don't think that he surpasses Bryce Young, though, just based on the workout. Uh, even though, even though Bryce Young, you could say, did not have a, a great week. I mean, he he was great at the podium, but he's a little shorter than you know than he is listed at six feet tall. Not doing all of the workouts, so C.J. Stroud was kind of like the, the 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 good student during this entire weekend. And maybe for a weekend, he passes up Bryce Young, but I think that that will quickly go back. It'll quickly flip flop. The guy that who was you know, really impressive as well again, at the podium and his workouts, was the Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson. And we all know that, that this is the guy with the, the potential blow you out of the water. He's the guy that when Ryan Poles talks about, you know, somebody's got to blow me away if we're going to move on from Justin Fields, that's the type of guy. Now, I'm not saying that the, the Bears in any way are enamored with Anthony Richardson, but who knows? He might be. He, he's the guy that had the, the capable measurables to make a GM or a, a scout fall in love with him and, you know, during this weekend and during his actual workout as well. And then it's, it really feels like Will Levis is, you know, starting to you know push farther and farther down. And, and Richardson, I think, has passed him up at least for this weekend. So, Mark, as we consider the Bears' options and how low they might go and trade down to and the Panthers at nine is still a possibility, I found myself wondering, as we heard from Peter Skronsky, 
the Northwestern left tackle, who yeah. whose arms measured 32 and a quarter inches, which is considered short for an offensive tackle. And I think there was a lot of conversation about his short arms. But I still wonder what you have heard about him, what kind of impression he left, because it seems as if despite something he cannot change about his arm length, he had a very good week. Yeah, he did have a very good week. And, you know, he, he's been playing left tackle at Northwestern since he was a freshman. He is a technician out there as well. And, you know, that that wasn't a huge concern at the Big Ten level. And I understand that this is a different animal with Skaronsky entering the NFL. But it, it, it is mixed, David, I will tell you that. Like from people that I talk to there, some are like it's 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 ridiculous when they start talking about this is a this is a legit starter at the left tackle spot, and then there is the other camp that definitely said that doesn't even mess around. Say yeah, that is a straight up concern, and that he might be better off as a guard. I personally think that he will be a left tackle in the NFL, uh, just because it just feels like the people who talked about him being a left tackle were more committed to it than those who were like, ah, not really sure. It's just a little bit of a wondering. But, you know, there, there's a couple of really good tackles in this draft, and Skaronsky and, you know, P, uh, Paris Johnston Jr. of Ohio State talked as well, you know, great size and athleticism. So there's a few guys that they could pick from, but I, I do find Skaronsky to be one of the most intriguing prospects in the draft in terms of where he will go. You know, and I hate to say stuff like this, but apparently his arm length wasn't long enough that if you look at the measurements, I don't believe there's a left tackle in the league that had uh, has an arm length as short as his is. I think it was like 32 32 inches. and a quarter. Yeah. Haw, always checking out those arm lengths. Always got them right there. Wow. Oh, 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 You're going to pin that on me, Grody? Every scout in the National Football League has that on, on memory. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I know. But it's Haw. Well, I brought it up, sadly. Uh, The problem is that that's going to be an issue for him. That's all. I just like the idea of uh, thinking of Hall walking around the house memorizing the the, the arm length and saying, honey, quiz me, 32 and a quarter. Stop 34 and a quarter. Stop. <laughs> okay. Right Listen, there with okay. it. I love it. Yeah. Back on track here. Let's yes, keep sir. this train yes, going. Yes, sir. If, if Peter King in F- Football Morning in America online, he had a conversation with Ryan Poles. And I've got to tell you, Ryan Poles was much more forthcoming with Peter King than he was at the podium. He talked about having three teams that he discussed trade with already. He's talked about what he wants in terms of future uh, first-round pick in 24 and 25 if he trades down. And he committed more, I guess, aggressively to Justin Fields than he ever did at the podium. Mark, did you see that story? And what did you agree that you know he's a lot more forthcoming? Maybe he didn't feel like he was convincing enough, mm, mm-hmm. and then he wanted to double down on some of the things that he believed in. Well, yeah, I, I I did read it, and I think he is forcing the issue, and I believe that we've kind of seen that. Like he he came and he talked to us. He was pretty transparent with a few things when he spoke to us, but it got real quiet in terms of the trade talks. And when Indianapolis, when you know Ballard gets up there, and he's like, "Oh, we don't need to trade up." And I think that Ryan Poles wanted to make sure that there was enough noise out there and enough like coming from him to say, 
yeah, we're wide open, and don't forget it. And if you didn't know it, I just want to confirm it. So I do think that he is forcing the issue. I do think it's the right thing to do. I don't know that it was necessarily a slap to the to the local media. I just think it was, you know what, I might need to kick it up a notch here to get this thing swirling a little bit more. And it's not just for the weekend. You know, this, this continues Right now, you know, we are close to March 15th. And one of the things that polls did tell us is that he is wide open to the idea of getting this. If they are to trade the pick, getting it done before free agency. And it sounds like that's something that he is desirous of doing. Why? So they know what they have to get in free agency, that it gives a little bit of a better idea to clear some things up going into it and knowing what they want to get and what they can actually nail down right now. Doesn't that make sense, Molly, or no? Well, no, I, I, I mean, I wonder why. I, I mean, I'm just saying, does that mean that it's in- inclusive of, like, a player that would help you right away? Is that you want to trade down and get a guy in here? And, you know, I hate the idea of mixing markets. Are, are you saying that he'll get three picks out of this thing and he knows – that he's going to be able to add more than what's limited. He knows the number of guys he needs to sign on the free agent. I'm just, I'm very curious what it means. I think it helps for, you know, ideally it helps for their board that yes, if, if they are to multiply in the first round, obviously that's, that's what they would be doing. And if they have two picks in the first round, then it, it makes it easier. It won't become clear to us, obviously, but in their minds, they'll have a better idea of, okay, we're definitely going to target an offensive lineman with that pick, so we don't need to think about signing an offensive lineman with, with the big bucks. If we think we could get this guy there or a wide receiver or whatever position it ends up being, obviously defensive end or an interior defensive lineman, if they can think in their heads this is what we're going to do with pick number 9 or 10, then they don't have to go crazy trying to get their three technique, which they did last year in free agency with Larry Ogunjobi, and we know how that worked out. We always talk about the influence that the Chiefs experience had on Ryan Poles, the decision maker. And I'm curious if this has come up at all because you seem pretty sure about, well, Jalen Carter and the Bears are going to stay away from him, and there's some character concerns that raise red flags. And I, I think we all understand and kind of even agree with the fact that he's a hard guy to trust moving forward. But the Chiefs going back, I mean, they took a huge risk on Tyreek Hill, and it paid off in a big way. And I just wonder if any of the past experiences that he'll point to if he does, if they do go down this road, are factored in, and and if we should not be so quick to think that, you know, the Bears, as much as they espouse character and these things in the first year under a new regime, wouldn't be able to justify or willing to go in that direction because of Poles' past in Kansas City. Yeah, precedent is it's a great point, David. And you know, we could even use a tiny little precedent from Ryan Poles last year with the Byron Pringle stuff and obviously he signed him and then the the reckless driving, his own little version of reckless driving with the donuts and he kind of just let it let it get passed and Byron Pringle was on the team the rest of the year. It's such a it's a much smaller example than talking about Jalen Carter. But here's the thing with with Carter and my whole point with it is is that he might be the best player in this draft. And he, like you said, David, he might end up being a great pro, 
But I just think that when you're Ryan Poles specifically, forget the rest of the NFL, when you're Ryan Poles and you're in this offseason with all these resources, which you're not going to have going forward, I don't think you could afford to screw it up and take – they're not in position to take that big of a risk. You know, if it is a top-five pick and Jalen Carter is available, does Ryan Poles in his second year in the NFL – and with, with all of the riches that he has, does he really want to take a chance on a guy with a slightly sketchy record to, to start his tenure? And I don't think that would be a very wise idea. That's the way I look at it. There, there are so many different um, statistics, numbers, so many different things that come out of the combine. Have you figured out which ones matter? I, the 40 <laughs> matters, right? Yeah, and, but yeah. I'm saying we talked about the long jump. In terms of a quarterback, I'm not sure it matters. It's great that he can do a, a long jump, the best long jump ever, long jump ever in the history of the combine. But I don't know what that tells you about a guy other than he's an extraordinary athlete. I don't know how you use the long jump at quarterback. But here's one for you: the yeah, the yeah. Georgia tight end Darnell Washington. This guy, he had a short shuttle time of. Um, 4.08, which is the fastest by a player uh, of at least 260 pounds since, I think it's like eight or 10 years or something. And he is 6'7, 264. That, the short shuttle is to determine quickness, ability to get off the line, that sort of thing, right? Just general athletic mm-hmm. quickness. You still, have yeah. to, you still have to manhandle a guy coming out of the line and all. I mean, you got, but for a tight end, that's like freakish ability. That, I'm just saying that number would like be what I, he did. Yeah. What it's just it, crazy. It, yeah, some. I mean, some of these numbers when you're in the in the moment, a guy can become irresistible. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you like you get brainwashed. Like like you forget that. Okay, well he may not be great at catching the football or whatever the case may be. But when they do something extraordinary, I think these scouts and GMs guys. They look at these players and say, you know what? I can make something out of that. That that might be a project, but that's an athlete right there. Um, I think it was you guys. Wasn't it you guys that was talking about John Theory recently? Yeah. If yeah, I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, yeah, like John Theory had the measurables. Uh, good old jump out of the pool, Jerron Gilbert. How about that? Did some, did some incredible jump things back the in the pool. day. Good memory. Remember, remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I mean – some of these guys do like I mean these are athletes right and they athletes do extraordinary things and that's why they've gotten to where they are and we just have to be careful not to completely be seduced by it and let's face it when it comes down to really evaluating measurables it comes down to the best dart score <laughs> the best start score the dart oh the dart score oh yeah. yes yes of course I'm sorry or putt, yeah. putt. You know, yes, one of those two, yes. Grody, what, you would, know that. What, would, what would you prefer, Hall? Are you a dart? Wait, hold on a second. I'm going to guess here on both of you guys, dart guy or golf guy. I'm going to say I'm going to say Molly's more of a dart guy because I could see Molly. That's, that's, a, right? mulligan, that's a mulligan oh, joke, isn't it? Because uh, when I putt-putt, I have to make sure that is the perfect drive or I keep going. Oh, oh yes. It's mulligan. Yes. My ancestors were the first to cheat at golf. I prefer ping pong, Grody. <laughs> Ping pong is excellent. Yeah, yes. Is. Can I yeah. tell you a story? I, and I know we, yeah. we don't have much time, and we'll get going here, Mark. Oh no, it's okay. We got all the time. Go but ahead. I, Go ahead, I, yeah. I was in uh, I was in Arizona at the NFL owners meeting on the day that Terrell Suggs had his college workout. So I went to it, 
And, you know, it was cool. You went out. You kind of hung out. He was doing this, this whole workout thing. The Bears were – they needed a pass rusher, and they were looking at him. And he had he, – he had, like, these drills, and his 40 time wasn't good enough for him, so he did it again. And then he tried for a third time. And then they were doing the short shuttle. He basically wilted in the sun. I mean, I was sweating and getting exhausted watching him. He literally went down at one point because he started cramping up in the sun. Had a terrible workout. And Terrell Suggs, the Bears passed on him. And that guy ended up being probably the greatest pass rusher in Ravens history. I mean, just an unbelievable career. But I think you can get caught up in these numbers and why guys go awry. Or, you know, you can get you can convince yourself that these numbers mean more than they it's do. It's the lesson of the week. Put on the tape. It's the biggest takeaway, Grody. Don't fall in love with the numbers. Put on the tape. Don't fall. No, I completely agree. Can they play the game? And I think, believe it or not, I think that GMs have probably – gotten better at it through the years because they see the busts and they see the guys that yeah there's something to be said for guys who have ridiculous speed and that helps but make sure that you could actually do the skill position that you are assigned to do first it's a good lesson Brody. (laughs) you should address it thursday night on the clock six to seven right here on the score Oh, yes, yes, on the clock. Yeah, we've got uh, – I've been told. I've been told that among the guests on On the Clock Thursday, uh, Sean Salisbury, who who talks uh, Houston Texans, will be joining us. And we'll also have a guest from Indianapolis as well, Bob Kraft. So uh, we're we're already loading it up for On the Clock. Bob on Kravitz Thursday. or yes. Bob Kraft? Bob Kravitz, uh, yes. Kravitz, okay. yeah. yeah. Kravitz. Then I did a hybrid there. Have I did a hybrid been, for you. Have you yeah. been exchanging texts with uh... – with Sean, uh, never mind. No. All right, buddy. Thanks, Brody. <laughs> no, not text, just, just just photos, Molly. Take care, oh, guys. Oh, boy. Bye. See you, Mark. Bye. Uh, it's Bears. Mark Brody. Oh, what a guy. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6 7 of the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Darts and, and putt-putt. Darts. Darts and putt-putt. Okay. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. Very exciting to have the Bears on the clock and to sort of contemplate what they could be getting done. It's uh, it's fascinating. The 
I don't know how I feel about the idea of trading the pick fast. I don't well, you know don't like I, it. You do know how you feel. You well, don't like I know, it. I know I don't like it. I don't know why. I, I mean, I here's Well, my I understand problem. why you don't like it, because you think that it increases the value the longer you hold on to it, and there's history to support that instinct and that feeling. I am not quite sure why Ryan Poles feels so compelled to entertain these trade offers or to imply that he's willing to make a deal sooner rather than later. I don't know what the rush would be other than this idea, which I don't think we favor. I know we don't favor, including a player that I think muddies the waters. So that's what's a little confusing and and I think lacks clarity because I don't think Ryan Poles lacks clarity in what he wants to do or what he's trying to project what he wants to do. Do you? No, I, but I, I think I'm, re- I'm reading this story, this Peter King story. Well, I've read it already, but it's pretty interesting because he says um, of his meeting with, uh, with Ryan Pulse, he left little doubt the Bears will trade the first overall pick and said he'd spoken to three teams at the Combine about a deal. He wouldn't identify them. He said he had enough conversations about a deal to know in swapping first-round picks this year, he could get a 24-1 and a 25-1 in a major package for a trade. However far down he goes in the draft this year, Poles wants to be sure to get a blue player, his term for a premium first-rounder, and there may be only six or eight of those when the Bears end up setting their board. That's the danger, and that's very clear, and I'm very surprised that, what does that mean? he would put that out there. Well, it means that he's using this. Okay, this is the way I interpret it. Everyone's going to have their own interpretation. Okay. This draft might not be as deep as everybody wants it to be. This is the wrong year to have a bunch of picks because this draft may not be as deep as next year's and maybe the year after that, projecting out. And if that's the case – then you are Ryan Pohl sitting there on the clock, as we keep hearing in the promo, and you've got the biggest offseason in your history. You may not want to overreact to that because you want to think about the future beyond just April. And this draft may not be worth accumulating, you know, as many picks as you possibly can using that number one pick to multiply. Uh, And you look into 2024, in 2025, and if you can get a first-round pick out of both of those, you know, drafts to move down in this one, it's it's time well spent. It's it's an idea worth visiting because that's why you want to think, look ahead rather than now. Okay, and that that's all good, but this I want to talk about the math of this, and and I I'll start with reading this sentence. Poll spoke softly but urgently in 50 minutes. He was supportive of quarterback Justin Fields, saying, we've got to see it through and giving Fields a chance to be the team's long-term starter. It's clear he's not trading Fields, and he's not picking a quarterback high in the draft. Okay, so my question is, if he's not taking a quarterback, are those among the six to eight blues that he thinks are on the draft board? And if they're not, wouldn't all four of those quarterbacks go in the first 10 picks? That's not explained, but it is a good question because that's exactly what I thought. If you're ranking eight players and three of them are quarterbacks and you've just declared you're not going to take a quarterback, then then you need, can go no lower than five? You well, can go no, lo- no, you could go – you, 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 you got, go, they got three quarterbacks eating up picks. You could go to if nine – 
to 11. Well, if you believe that the quarterbacks, and that's the whole point, the quarterbacks, three of the players taken, and I, I think it could be four quarterbacks taken in the first 10 picks, which would then mean the Bears could trade down as far as 11, 12, and if, that's, if, not, if not 14. And we'll never know how many players they have ranked as far as what they consider blue players. How many players? He said six to eight. Yeah, but that's – you know that could are, be – Are those including quarterbacks or excluding quarterbacks since they're not taking the position? It's got to be including quarterbacks. Okay, well, then then he can't go down that far. That's what I mean. I, I think it's got to be including quarterbacks based on the way that every other draft analyst is looking at this batch of prospects, right? So it's So is it the four quarterbacks, the defensive – Lineman, the defensive uh, uh, tackle, the defensive end. Is I'm that, not convinced it's four quarterbacks. Is that six? I, I know okay. that. I, I know that. You know, we we so is it two are prisoners three? of the moment here. But I, I don't know that if I'm ranking the draft board. Yeah, you're impressed by Anthony Richardson's four four and vertical jump and all those things that make him a great athlete. But as far as a quarterback with one year starting experience, are you going to tell me that he's among your top eight rated players, your highest rated players? I don't know that that's, that's the case. Maybe. Somebody's going to take a, a risk on that. Maybe. But I would hope that there's an offensive tackle in there. I would think that there's another defensive lineman in there. Um, if you look at it closer, there might be two offensive tackles in there. Your concerns about Peter Skronsky and, and pointing out that there aren't uh, offensive tackles, left tackles in the NFL with arms as short as his were measured – that's an interesting thing that I, you know that the Bears have discussed and will continue to examine. But I, I just don't know if the Bears, looking at this draft, hearing what he had to say to Peter King and being that open about it, you never know if you're being bluffed. But to me, one of the takeaways was next year's draft, the year after uh, that draft, 2025, as important, if not more so, to the Bears' long-term plans as this one because he has a plan to, to that's, sustain success. That's a great takeaway. I, and I'll, I'll say this. If the guy is telling Peter King there are three teams that are offering a first-round pick next year and the year after, so we get three number, basically two extra number one picks yeah. for trading now, then, then there's at least one team doing it. I don't think that's – I don't think he's that good a poker player. I don't think he's making up the three team. You know what I'm saying? You'd be exposed. You'd be exposed. I, it, you, there you, must you can't be two that. if you're saying there's three. And and, and if there even if there's there's two, as long as there is one, that's right? Like, yeah. You just Th need that's one the to point. The is that and so, maybe that's why he and, wants and, to get the and deal. And you're done. not sharing that unless it's real, right? Because you you don't want to risk having that kind of damage to your reputation with people yeah. who, if you're going to be here as long as you project. You've got to have a reputation that you care about and preserve. It's just, you know, here's the problem that I have. I think that when you go back and you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers trading, choosing between Green Bay, which offered a bigger pick, or the Bears, which offered just the one pick, and they said, well, the Bears are the worst team and they're probably going to give us a higher draft pick, so we'll trade Chase Claypool to the Bears. When they made that decision – let me ask you, is Ryan Poles doing the same thing? And he's choosing if, if you know, if, if you're saying, for instance, we're going to give, we got to play this out. We got to play it through. We're going to give Justin Fields the year to determine what he is. Are you thinking I'll have two number ones next year and I can get a quarterback next year if Fields doesn't work out? Yes. And okay. That's, 
then then shouldn't you trade with the worst team in yes. order to get the higher pick? As much as as much as you can control that narrative. Is he thinking that way? I, I think he's. I do think he's thinking that way. Okay. And I think the more okay. that you I read about this, you know, he's sharing this for a purpose. He spent time with Peter King for a reason. Yep. He knows how to reach the people that matter. These are the hints that you drop along the way. Yeah, he's. This isn't Peter King is writing an announcement, an invitation the, from Ryan yes, Pulse. This yes. leads the column. Yes. You spend that much time, you know you're going to give him that kind of insight. And Molly, I just feel like if you're a Bears fan and you were looking at next year as maybe the beginning of a turnaround, you're going to have to look closely because I think that next year could resemble 2022 more than it begins. You know, the the the, the winning starts. I don't think the winning. Next year, it's, it's still going to take a while. This is going to be a process. And and if you're thinking about 2024, 2025 first-round draft picks, <laughs> what else? What other evidence do you need than, than that? It's a great point. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Haw on the score. So you're a Packers fan? Yeah, I have run up a Packers would, fan. Would your family stop talking to you if you played for the Chicago Bears? No, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think everyone understands uh, the deal here. and it, You know, it would be an honor to play for the Bears. It's my hometown. I played football there in college in Chicago. So, um, yeah, I'm a Packers fan, but I'm not too attached to any particular destination. <laughs> Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. Well, maybe play well against the Packers. That's Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. They're fine. Uh, tackle prospect, offensive guard Offensive lineman. Offensive lineman prospect. I think he wants to play tackle. He's got the footwork to play tackle. Mm. His arms being uh, shorter than any left tackles in the NFL right now, as, as you point out, is not necessarily something that bodes well for his future at the position. Although there's a lot to like about Peter Skronsky. He, he's a sure. local guy. He's, he's grown up uh, kind of destined for this moment and this future and this role. And he was a good Northwestern Wildcat. If you haven't read yet Dan Pompey's uh, story on The Athletic on Peter Skronsky, he's known the kid since he was literally four years old. And Dan uh, did a nice job of capturing just all he represents and and has uh, been about since he started playing football. And what the next um, his next employer for his, in the NFL is going to come to expect from him as well. This is going to be somebody who goes in the top ten, I think. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. I you know I could care less if the guy is a Packer fan. I don't know I, why anyone would care. It's it's an interesting part of his know, past. He, sure. When he's up at the podium on Saturday and he has his moment and somebody asks him about, did your grandfather who played for the Packers and won two championships, did he ever tell you about Vince Lombardi? And there's a story about being at an ice cream store and his grandpa was supposed to lose weight and he hid the ice cream cone behind his back. And, you know, that's a link to the past that is is important to him and it is a fun little detail, but as far as would it bother anybody, it should not bother anybody if he's the Bears draft somebody with Packer blood. <laughs> is this somebody that could so be a, a, a real good professional and, yes. and a fixture on your offensive line for years to come? 312-644-6767. Let's try Frank. Frank's in River Forest. Hey, Frank. Hey, guys. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the more I was thinking about this right now on hold, you know, the more it, it kind of sunk in and, and, and scared me. So uh, I, I know you guys were talking about possibly trading uh, 
you know, the picks to get something in 24, 25 with the differences in the draft class. But um, as I was saying uh, before I was on hold, uh, you know, none of this, none of these guys we know are going to pan out just because you get the guy in the first round doesn't mean he's going to make it in the NFL. So, you know, you got to tell me what you're looking at and you got to make sure that these guys are it because at this point, you know, you got Justin Fields and he went in the first round and, and, and you're not done developing him. You know, you took a shot on the kid from Oakland, uh, Leatherwood, he's sitting there. You didn't do anything with him. He went in the first round. So, you know, don't give me this, you know, I, I don't like this draft class. Like you need to cast the widest net as possible. You know, you got a guy Pacheco sitting there, you know, don't even ask me what round he went in, but he's got a ring. Seventh. Seventh. So, Rutgers. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like, like this first round, let me move my future that I have now. Let me, let me, you know, let me give up what I have now that I know I have to reach forward into something that I'm not even sure, you know, like do the bears have a training camp that can develop something like that? Like, or are we just going to bring some guy in that had talent and then it, it just go to waste? Like you got to prove that to me before you start talking about. Yeah. You I, know, you know, thanks, but, Frank. Frank, I appreciate what you're saying, but like there, there's a huge difference between Justin Fields and trading up to get a player like that versus taking a guy off the scrap heap, picking up a contract on, on a Alex Leatherwood. It doesn't matter where they were taken. It's the, just it's what the, what the commitment of the franchise is. I understand is. where Frank's coming from. Bad example. Yeah. The, the Leatherwood thing is just you're taking a shot. You're trying to have somebody. You know, yeah. It's a reclamation project. Uh, let, let's just restate here what, what I think as, as the combine wraps up and the Bears – return to House Hall, and we're a week away from free agency. And here they are kind of wondering exactly what they learned and sifting through all the information. Molly, I really feel like that the Bears and Ryan Poles, uh, they're looking at this long term. We are prisoners of the moment, as they say, and we are going to be you know, breaking down every game and, and next season matters and everyone is sacred, certainly. Thank you, Theo Epstein. But if you're Ryan Poles, you are a 37-year-old general manager in your second season who has a complete trust and faith of ownership. You are looking at this as a long-term proposition. Yeah. And you're building for the future beyond 2023. And so when I see the reports that he wants a first-rounder in 2024 and one in 2025, and he can multiply that pick and use it to his advantage. Yeah. I get it because two picks the next couple of years would be huge. Committing to Justin Fields yeah. as much as we want to, you know, create this sort of debate whether or not that makes sense or not. That's really not the question. That's not the question. Next year's commitment to Justin Fields is almost something that goes without saying. It's what happens to the Bears at the quarterback position beyond next year, because you will have two first-round draft picks if this goes right in 2024, and maybe in 2025 if he can pull it all off. And then you're going to be in a position, as he points out, to move up if you don't like your quarterback and move on. Let's squeeze in Marty. He's in Highland Park. Hey, Marty. Hey, guys. Um, I was a little concerned about your discussion about Clevenger. I, I don't know the evidence. I, I don't know what happened. If, if he had done what he was accused of doing, there's no doubt he would have been suspended. I mean, Trevor Bauer was a much bigger free agent, and they flushed him down the toilet. It's a matter of due process. I mean, we didn't see the evidence, and I'm, I'm figuring Major League Baseball did see the evidence. So I don't know why you're you're so quick to condemn uh, what Major League Baseball did. 
Thanks for the phone call, Marty. Yeah. Look. What did Major League Baseball do? They did not exonerate him. They said there wasn't enough evidence to suspend him. The right? burden of proof is very difficult to understand what it is. Yeah. And, and what we don't it's, – it's arbitrary. Yeah. It's unknown. And, it, and it, we don't uh, – what they did is they chose not to discipline yes. Mike Clevenger. Due process is a legal term. Sure. It applies to courtrooms and it applies to – you know, legal investigations. It is not – I don't know what due process means when you're talking about Major League Baseball players. You have every right to defend Mike Clevenger, just as we have every right not to like the guy. That's I, all. <laughs> and, and, I mean, the idea that the Sox have announced, well, this is it. It's over. We're not talking about it anymore. And then immediately a Sox player is asked about it, and he says, oh, well, you know, from a baseball perspective, he'll do that. that. Then he's like, oh, God, you know, I'm sorry. I should have said this. I, I mean, go ahead. Create all the problems you want. Marty, you might be ready to look at this as a baseball-only equation, and you may trust Major League the, Baseball's and investigative arm. And the Sox want us to do yeah. that? Fine. I don't know that everyone has to be there yet. Lucas Giolito sure isn't. So, <laughs> I mean, even guys in that clubhouse aren't ready to dismiss this possibility or, or at least acknowledge. Let's just acknowledge. You've got to look at this with some sensitivity. This is not – there's more than meets the eye here, and – it's very tricky and difficult when you're talking about investigations of domestic violence. And that makes this very difficult to discuss and to draw any conclusions about one way or another. 312-644-6767. we got a lot of people want to check in about the draft, and we can do that. Or we can argue about this. I, I have no problem arguing You want to argue anything. with me? Not you. Want you. Any, you want me? You want a piece of me? No. No, I've <laughs> – I don't. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I support you. I do too. 100%. I support you. Bless you. <laughs> Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6 7 of the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.